All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well? We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Welcome to episode 21 of the Biohacker Babes. This is Lauren. I'm here with my sister Renee. And today we are talking about natural tips to prevent the cold and flu. The flu season is upon us, it's finally getting cold, which is weird because last week it was still 70 degrees in New York. And Renee, what is it in Vegas still? You're probably still going to the pool. Just strange to be talking about this. <laughs> well, the Vegas weather has already been really weird. Like I'm learning October can be a crazy month here. Like today was a high of 80, but then tomorrow is a high of 62. So it's very up and down, but at night it's getting really cold because in the desert it's just cold at night. So yeah. I, yeah, I'm already pulling out my fall jacket. I'm ready for a winter coat maybe. <laughs> okay. So you're not that far behind. That makes me yeah. feel better. 
<laughs> yes. Because we've had some really weird weather here and I think it's already challenging our immune systems here in New York because we've had like hot, cold, hot, cold. Now that it's cold, it's like really hot inside everywhere that you go. And I think that temperature change is really stressful. So we're here to talk about the season and how you can prevent getting sick. They already handed out flu shots at, at the theater. It was like a month ago, which seemed early, but I guess that is when the prevention part starts. So we're going to talk a little bit about the flu shot today. We're not going to go too much into detail because it's highly controversial. We just want to introduce you to some ideas and some research about the flu shot because it's so controversial. There is a lot of science out there that is very clear and very strong that does not support getting the flu shot. And I think a lot of people fear getting sick during these winter months because who wants to be sick during the holidays? I certainly don't. But there is a lot of research to consider in favor of not getting one. So we're not here to tell you to get one or to not get one, but we personally, the Biohacker Babes, do not get flu shots. So we just want to share some useful information, some knowledge that we have, and offer some natural ways to fight those germs and bacteria throughout the season. Yeah, I think this is such a great topic because we face this every year, and I personally love this time of year. I mean, fall means pumpkins and warmer or colder weather with boots, and I love it, but we don't oh, want to guess. Best. So who is this for? I mean, anyone that's considering the flu shot, I think it's always good to know the pros and cons before you decide anything. And anyone that gets sick typically around this time of year, it's obviously common. That's why it's flu season, right? So I think this could be for everyone, unless you're already a rock star, just soaring through the holidays, never getting sick. Yeah, I think we can all stand to boost our immune systems just a little bit more. And I think if you already got the flu shot, if something that you hear today possibly changes your mind, like don't panic. I think it's good to take in the information and you need to go do even more research on your own. We're just trying to facilitate a conversation, but you really need to do your own research and make sure it's founded and it feels true to you and feels right with you. So maybe if it's too late for this time, like by next year, you'll have a more solid understanding about it. But again, we're not here to say get it or not get it. Just sharing some information. Yeah, I think that's perfect. So be your own biohacker. Don't forget that piece. So it sounded like you said beer biohacker. <laughs> what am I hearing? <laughs> your be your own biohacker. Yeah. Don't don't biohack your beer. Or maybe, maybe do. <laughs> Yeah. So why does this make you hotter? I think this goes back to just all the immune function issues, right? When you're sick, you don't feel hot, you don't look hot. So we want to make sure we stay strong, especially through the holidays. I'm sure you all have some fun parties and traveling coming up. So we want to feel and look our best through the whole season. So some some information for you. We do know the flu shot suppresses production of certain T lymphocytes. So those are your immune cells that kill intracellular pathogens, viruses, bacteria. So it does naturally suppress that. And also something to think about is what is actually in a flu shot. Again, going back to just educating yourself on what you're really doing. I think a lot of people don't know what's actually in the flu shot. They just get it because they were told to get it. So let me just run through this list. First of all, there is thimerosal, which is a form of mercury. It is actually ethyl mercury. It's an organic form, but it's in there, I think mostly as like a preservative, it's antibacterial. So it makes sense in some cases that they would put that in there, but we do know mercury is toxic and you'll hear that it's a small amount of mercury, so it's okay. But 
my opinion is there's no safe amount of mercury. It's toxic. Why would you want any of it in your body? But the good news is if you are going to get the flu shot, you can actually ask for a thimerosal free version of the flu shot. The difference here is that they just don't sit on the shelves as long because they don't have that extra ingredient, but there's nothing wrong with that. If your doctor offers that, go for it. And then it also includes egg proteins, which includes the avian contaminant viruses. So there are some issues with that. Also formaldehyde, which you've probably heard of that before. Um, It is toxic. It's supposedly in small amounts, but again, it's used as a preservative. Also heavy metals, not just mercury, but there's aluminum, which we know is very neurotoxic. There's some connection with aluminum and Alzheimer's and dementia. Not really sure if it's you know the chicken or the egg, but there is a connection there. So we want to avoid aluminum at all costs. And that includes when you cook, don't use aluminum as much as you can. And then mm-hmm. sugar, which causes more inflammation in the body, which why would we want to get more inflammation to prevent getting sick? doesn't really make sense. And then there's just some other additives in there. So just be aware that when you are getting the flu shot, you are injecting all those other things into your system. And obviously your immune system, your detoxification pathways all have to take care of that and and rid it from the body. So again, education is key. Yeah. Great information. I think what we really have to think about is what it's doing to our immune system. I think Well, obviously the point of the flu shot is to protect you from getting the flu, but it really can only possibly protect you from one strain. And it does that by creating antibodies. It's like preparing your body to ward off the flu by creating the antibodies, right? But there's so many strains of the flu and it is like a crapshoot trying to decide which strain to put in the flu shot every year. We've all heard that. That's not new information. Yeah, yeah. They're just kind of guessing. But if your immune system is already not strong, the flu shot's not going to do you much good. You have to be strong to even <laughs> to be able to accept the flu shot. And then you're getting all those other nasty ingredients that Renee just read off. So we're going to tell you how to boost your immune system naturally. So whether you got the shot or not, your immune system is going to be able to take anything that comes at it. That's really the takeaway here is creating health from the inside out and making sure that you're really strong. So no matter what comes at you, you can fight it off. So we all know there's a lot of debate about this. I'm sure like if you got started talking in your workplace about this, or even at a dinner conversation, people will go on and on and on about vaccines. And obviously the flu shot is a type of vaccine. And I think people, the general population has formed an impression about what the flu shot can do just based on public opinion. And if you actually look at the scientific evidence, there aren't a lot of studies that prove that it's efficacious for any population. And that's especially independent studies and reviews, which are the most useful to us. So that may come as a shock to many people, but go on PubMed and start researching this stuff. There really is not clear evidence. And the stats are not very strong in favor of people being protected. And I don't want to go too too deeply into this, but the pharmacology industry is funding a lot of these studies and they are pro-vaccine. So we just need to look at how we can take care of ourselves, do your own research. And here we go. We're going to get into how to prevent and then also take care of yourself if you do happen to get sick. So we'll start with the prevention side. Renee, I'll let you lead off. Yeah, I think number one for prevention is to take immune boosters. Now, there's a lot of these on the market, but I'll just run through our top favorites. Uh, number one, I would say mushrooms. I mean, all of the mushrooms are so amazing. They can give you energy, brain function, immune function, so many amazing health properties. But two of my favorites are reishi and coriolis. They are great for immune function. 
Also astragalus, not only does that help us live longer, but it's great for immune function. Vitamin C, I think everyone knows that one. That's a go-to. But when you are trying to prevent something or if you are already sick, your body can actually tolerate a lot more vitamin C. So we always recommend using vitamin C up to bowel tolerance. So that's going to be different for everyone. Maybe it's one gram, maybe it's five grams, depending on what you're fighting. But if you end up getting loose bowels, that's how you know you had too much vitamin C. So your body will naturally get rid of that and let you know. (laughs) So that's different for everyone. Also, all the oils are so incredibly medicinal, like oregano oil. Um, You know, we love thieves oil. Lauren uses that a lot, especially when flying, even if people don't like the smell of Christmas, she will use it. (laughs) Um, Watch out. (laughs) But yeah, the essential oils are great. You can diffuse them. You can put them in water. You can do them sublingually. So many great options. And then fermented cod liver oil. A lot of my patients that are in their 60s and 70s now will say, when I was a kid, my grandmother made me take a spoonful of fermented cod liver oil every time I went to her house. And it was disgusting. (laughs) So I think this has been around for a long time, but we know that it provides a lot of the fat-soluble vitamins. So your vitamins A, D, E, and K, which are somewhat hard to get, especially in the winter, we're not getting our vitamin D. So cod liver oil can be a really good source of that. And then A is huge during the winter too, or definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to get that for sure. And then another really great hack is fire cider. I might talk about that a little bit more later, but for those of you that know about fire cider, you can use that as a prevention or you can use it once you are sick. And it's a really fun combination. I don't know, Lauren, should I just share now what's in that? (laughs) Yeah, go for it. I love um, cider. Yeah, this stuff is powerful. If you've if you've tried it, you can just like feel it like burn, kind of burns going down because the apple cider vinegar, but you can just feel it killing off any pathogens in the body. But it's a fermented tonic of lemon, orange, onion, ginger, habanero pepper. That's a little bit of the kick. Garlic, horseradish, turmeric, and black pepper. And then, like I said, the apple cider vinegar in there too. So I think it takes like 30 days for them to ferment this. So it's a little bit pricey, but you can actually make it at home as well if you want to save the money. But this stuff is so powerful. It will definitely boost your immune system. And wake you up. That stuff burns, but it's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of think it's better to take like after a meal. I don't think I'd take it on an empty stomach. It's pretty strong. Yeah, definitely. Great. So some other things to be mindful of with prevention. So the whole season, you really should be taking care of your nutrition, your stress management, your sleep, looking at how much caffeine, alcohol, and sugar that you're taking in. This is all really important before you get sick because all of those things are really going to break down your immune system. So if you're in a vulnerable state and you get exposed to some viral or bacterial thing, it's much more likely that you're going to catch it and harbor it and then it's going to turn into something, right? So if you can really take care of yourself with good food, nutrition, try to mitigate stress. We're always talking about that. Get good quality sleep, especially if you're traveling. I know a lot of people still think like, well, sleep and you're dead or sleep doesn't really matter. It can function just fine. But this really, 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 really helps during this season to help prevent sickness. And it's much easier to prevent something than it is to recover from it. So prevention is key. You all know, like once that sets in, the first 24 hours are really key. And if you can kick it, and we'll talk about how 
uh, what kind of supplements and things you can do or some hacks that you can try in the first 24 hours. But once that really has settled in your body, it's so much harder to get rid of. So we're just trying to encourage you to take care of yourselves in the meantime and prepare yourselves. So yeah. And on that topic, I love this quote. It says, and there's different versions of this, but if you don't pick a day to relax and recover, your body will pick it for you. Right. We've all experienced that. Like when you do get sick and you're like, ah, oh, you're like, I know it was that last day I pushed myself when I shouldn't have. Um, yep. So better to relax one day now than to get sick and be on the couch for two weeks. So prevention yeah. is key. Isn't that funny? Um, almost always, if something happens like that, you can go back and think like, oh, if I hadn't done that. <laughs> yep. Learning lesson always. <laughs> yeah. The information is so useful. So just take that in and use yeah. it next time. Like just hack it. Bye yeah. So if you are going to be traveling this holiday season, you can check out episode number 18 that we did all about hacking your travel day. There's really some great tips in there about how to protect yourself when you're in a small space like an airplane or around other people or you're next to someone that's like cocking up a lung on the plane. That's a great episode. Check that out. Number 18. Okay. So let's say that you did all the prevention and you still got sick. What can you do? So the first 24 hours, super important. There are some supplements that are really helpful. Zinc lozenges are really, really effective if you get them in immediately. Umka remedies. Renee is a huge proponent of umka. That's oh, yeah. U-M-C-K-A. So explain to us, Renee, you can make, it comes in like a powdered form that you can make a drink out of, or it's also tablets. Is that correct? Yeah. There's like chewable tablets. There's a syrup. There's a powder. I love the powder because you just add it to hot water and it's like a honey lemon flavor and it's really soothing on your throat. So if you do get sick, it's like a really nice, easy thing to drink. But umka, just like zinc, first 24 hours are so important. You want to get that immediately. So maybe even stock up on some if you tend to get sick. You don't want to have to run out to the store. Yeah. All of these that we're about to list off are great to just keep in your cabinet because you don't want to start feeling bad and then not have the energy to run to the store or maybe you can't find it. Just get it now, put it in your kitchen or your medicine cabinet. So next up, vitamin C, super powerful, echinacea, elderberry, colloidal silver, and fire cider again. So it's good prevent for prevention, but also to help recover. And we really love elderberry. Renee calls it the the magical berry, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so elderberry has a, a lot going for itself. So it contains zinc, it contains vitamin C, anthocyanin, which all boost your Im- immune function and inhibit the cold and flu. So it's kind of a powerhouse. Uh, you can find that easily at a health food store like Whole Foods or something. There's a study that says taking one tablespoon of elderberry syrup four times a day for five days eased flu symptoms four days quicker than a placebo. I'll take that. Uh, another yeah. study says it prevents the virus from entering and replicating in human cells. That's amazing because we all know how rampant viruses are. And if we can keep them out of our cells and keep them from replicating, we're going to be much stronger for it. So awesome. Yeah. And I mean, once you do get sick, like it's not like there's a magic pill that's just going to make it go away within a day. But if we can shorten it, like you said, four days, that's pretty significant. Definitely yeah. worth doing. 
And then also nutrition, obviously, you know, we talked a lot about this in our uh, Hacking Your Travel Day episode, but avoiding the foods that are going to weaken your immune system, right? The sugar, alcohol, caffeine, processed foods, especially when you're sick, you don't want to be overwhelming your body with all that crap. And then in addition, you can also incorporate really warming, soothing foods. So we love bone broth. It's great for gut healing as well. But think, think like soups, stews, easy to digest cooked food, not like a raw kale frozen smoothie. You know what I mean? Like even though that could be healthy sometimes, not the time to do it. So just nice warming foods is, a, is ideal when you're sick. Yeah. And that's because your body needs to reserve energy to fight off the sickness. So you don't want to add stress to it by eating something that is very energy demanding, right? Yeah, exactly. A reason the bone broth is so great is it's really nutrient dense. And along those lines of nutrient dense foods, like organ meats can be really powerful. And I know that's probably like icky for most people. Most people don't even want to go down that path. (laughs) So if you don't want to do the organ meats, bone broth is sort of like the next big powerhouse in that food group. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good one. And that brings me to another thing, you know, sleep. Obviously sleep will prevent this issue, but when you're sick, sleep is when you're recovering. So like Lauren said, you don't want to be expending additional energy, but when we're sleeping is when we're really rest, restoring, recovering. And a really good study found that significant sleep deprivation following a viral challenge actually suppressed intrapulmonary protection of influenza. And sleep deprivation accelerated the catabolism of influenza-specific antibodies. So I thought that was such an interesting study because, so both groups were exposed to the virus. The only difference was the amount of sleep they got. How simple, just get more sleep. (laughs) Just get more sleep. (laughs) But quality sleep too. And go back and listen to the sleep episode because it's not just any hours of the day. Like you really want to get to sleep as close to 10 p.m. as possible so you can get that physical recovery. I know that's hard. Like once you get sick, you're probably on the couch sleeping randomly throughout the day. And then maybe around midnight, you happen to be like watching a movie and you're more alert. You want to try to stick to your normal solid sleep schedule if you can. It's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe just throw in like a nap or two if you have the opportunity. I think your body will signal to you that you need more sleep when you're sick, right? We've all felt that. Yeah. So, And then the last thing is exercise. We know this is controversial when you're sick. So definitely go back and listen to episode 15 where we talk about some of the the hints and the biohacks of whether you should exercise when you have the cold or flu and what types of exercise are ideal. So it's really going to vary based off of what's going on in your body. Awesome. So we just want to share like a little bit of personal experience with you. Renee, you want to go first? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll just share, I guess, real quick that, so the last time I got a flu shot was in 2007 and soon after I ended up really, really sick and I ended up in the hospital. I don't know if it was a coincidence or what, but I will say I have not gotten a flu shot or the flu since 2007. So what is that? 12, I'm going 12 and a half years strong right now. <laughs> so amazing. yeah, I mean, I've just found I am able to support my immune system through all of these tips that we just talked about. And I do fine. I get through the holidays and I'm not sick. So personal decision, like everyone is different. We keep saying that and you got to biohack and do your research and educate yourself and decide what's right for you. But personally for me, getting that sick and ending up in the hospital was enough to kind of scare me away from getting another flu shot. Sure. Uh, What about you, Lauren? 
Yeah, I had a similar experience because the one time I've gotten the flu shot in my adult life, because I don't really remember as a child my yeah, I don't think track record with it. Yeah. I really don't know. But as an adult, I I was doing a new show and everyone at the theater was getting a flu shot. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll try this time. I had never done it, but I sort of like was swayed by popular opinion. I got sick six times that year. And I'm like, I don't normally get sick. And I had a, like within two months, I had a 10 day flu. I've talked about this year on the podcast before. That was the year that I got a 10 day flu, which was followed by several colds. I had strep throat twice. I had bronchitis. Like my immune system was so weak and so vulnerable. And, you know, I can't say for sure that the correlation there means that, that the flu shot caused that because correlation does not mean causation. But I do think it's really interesting because since then I have not had the flu shot and I have not had the flu since. And that's been, it was like eight years ago. So the very, again, yeah, this is a a very personal decision for me. I am pretty turned off by all of the icky and toxic ingredients. I just don't think that there's enough research there. And just from the personal experience, I, I, didn't want to take the risk of putting that into my body again. And I, I really believe in all of the other ways to support my immune system. And it has proved to be pretty strong in that way. Yeah. And like you said, all the icky stuff, I, I don't know why this really just hit me, but I ended up with mercury toxicity just a few years after that. And, you know, I've mentioned in previous episodes, I think I probably ate too much tuna fish as a kid, but I don't know, was it the mercury from the flu shot that added to that toxicity? So I don't want anything with mercury in it. No, thank you. Yeah, I think it's better to be safe. Uh, yeah. There's just so much that we don't know about it. So yeah. yeah, so we talked about prevention and then what to do if you get sick. So let's just run through our, our favorite hacks to close this out. We just wanted to keep it short and sweet today. And you guys can send us more questions if you have anything specific. But Renee, favorite hack. Oh, I think you probably already did it. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Sorry to give it away. Fire ciders, my, I think my number one hack, um, obviously, you know, I love all my immune supplements, but I love that this is made from food. I think, you know, we know vitamin C is good and zinc's good and astragalus, whatever. But when you can get nutrients from food, there's like this amazing synergistic effect of all the nutrients in the food. I think more than any chemistry lab could ever discover. So I love that there's like 10 different whole food ingredients. They're all fermented together in vinegar and just like, bam, so powerful. (laughs) Yeah. So amazing. That's my number one. What about you? I would say if it's a flu like thing, I'm going to take a a hot bath because sweating has always been really helpful to me. Sort of a Chinese medicine thing. I'll just like draw a really hot bath and sit in there and, and make myself suffer just a little bit. I mean, it's relaxing, obviously it's a bath, but, uh, (laughs) helping produce some of that heat that will, the heat is really helpful to a virus and to bacteria. So just getting those sweat glands going. If it's more of a cold, I'll do vitamin C. I probably would be my number one. I'll just like Mm. down the vitamin C and until bowel tolerance, right? We've talked about that on here. You just take it until you are in the bathroom. How um, much can how much vitamin C can you typically take when you're sick? Like, what's the highest you've gotten up to? Ooh, once I get pretty high, I kind of stop counting, but I take thousands, <laughs> thousands. Yeah, of milligrams. Yeah, milligrams. Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever counted? I feel like when I'm sick, I would say like three grams 
is probably about where I, I do well at. More prevention, I'm at like 500 milligrams. Like I can't even do one full gram when I'm not sick. So that just yeah. like shows you the drastic difference of, I think when your body needs the vitamin C, it will use it. And if it doesn't need it, it will get rid of it and it'll let you know it's getting rid of it. <laughs> right. And we're talking so, about the bowel, the bowel tolerance, like that changes yeah. from prevention. Yeah. 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 So I would say anywhere from like half a gram up to maybe three grams for me. Yeah. That Fair. sounds about yeah. what I've been doing. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. Vitamin C for sure. Lauren, question for you. So the warm bath, and I know last time I was sick, you actually told me like, Nazy, go take a warm bath. So a big issue for me here in Vegas is the water, the tap water is really bad and I'm renting a place and I don't have a filter on my shower at this time. So like the big question is, is it worth it for me with all the toxins in the water? I know someone had shared with me before, there's like a vitamin C ball you can throw in your tub and it'll absorb all the toxins but it's like $35 a ball. So I was like, Ooh, yeah, that's a lot. It gets to be costly. So I don't know. I mean, Lauren, if you have any tips or any of our listeners, if you all have tips for that until I move into my new house in four months, I will definitely be filtering all the water in my house. Yeah. I don't know. Thoughts on that? Yeah. I don't know. I would just listen to your intuition. If you feel like the water is not clean enough and it's, it's probably going to increase your stress level to get in that bath and be thinking about it, which is (laughs) not advisable, right? I would do anything to, to avoid the extra stress. So I would think if it's, if you're going to worry about it, I would say not, not do it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You have so many other amazing hacks that you can do. So I'll get my house filter. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could just put on thousands of layers until you sweat. That's helpful too. (laughs) (laughs) Run around in like one of those foil suits. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, whatever makes you feel good, I would say. Use your intuition. I mean, I, I also think that drawing a bath sometimes is annoying and it's very wasteful water-wise. So try the other things first, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And <laughs> awesome. Think, All great hacks. Yeah. I think the flu is less likely than the cold. I feel like people get cold so often. So hopefully the supplements yeah. and those other hacks we talked about are going to be even more useful. So we are going to share a ton of resources and some articles and some studies. If you guys really want to dive into this information, we didn't go into all of it just because it's such a huge topic and it is controversial. So we're just going to leave it at that. We just wanted to share our personal experience. And if you have questions, send them to us and we can address them personally or on social media or on a future episode. Definitely. I hope that this was helpful for everyone. Just some quick tips and hopefully everyone has a wonderful, safe, healthy holiday season. So thanks again for tuning in and hope to hear from you soon. See you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Happy biohacking.